Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those voyaging into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. Happy Halloween, everyone. I hope yours was filled with as many treats and tricks that you could handle. I was Dazzler this year. She's part of Marvel's X-Men and is a rock star with mutant powers. Hit me up on social media. I'd love to know what you went as this year, too. Before we begin our stories, I want to tell you of my own creepy occurrence I had this year on Halloween night. I went to downtown Los Angeles for a friend's party. We all had a blast and knew of two other parties within walking distance. After a while, we headed out on foot to another party, and as we were walking, I noticed that there was a man behind us, further down the road. Heavy jacket, woolen cap. It wasn't a very cold night, so I assumed it was part of a costume, and we continued on. After the second party, we were walking to the third, I noticed him again. The same distance behind us amongst the people. I talked to each of my friends about it, and they looked, but didn't, or couldn't, notice him in the crowd. In any case, I convinced them to skip the last party, to stay together, and to go get food instead. We called a car, and I didn't see the man again. Did my intuition steer me away from a possible supernatural encounter? I don't know. But I do know that anything goes on All Hallows' Eve. Now... On to our other spooky stories. In this episode, horrifying pageantry is displayed at full force, where we showcase some of the most terrifying stories of fairground frights from this world and beyond. First, I'll tell the tale of an accursed carousel, which spins so fast it'll turn your head. Next, we'll watch a tightrope walk that, amongst other things, is sure to make your jaw drop. After that, we'll leave a Filipino fairground with a bad case of supernatural troubles. And finally, my dear listeners, we'll win a teddy with his own deadly baggage to bear. We receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, consider joining our Patreon. Our patrons play a huge role in keeping the show running every single week. For more information on how you can help the show and also be a part of it, 
visit patreon.com slash snarled. So, want to hear something scary? A carousel. Fall is in full swing, and what better way to celebrate than visit the local fair? Pumpkin patches, fresh popcorn, and maybe even some fairground rides. Just be careful which ride you go on, as shown in this next story, inspired by a submission from Indigo 38. It was that time again, time for our town's annual carnival, a well-loved autumn tradition, despite the odd mishap or disappearance that would occur. The carnival was always welcomed back each year. I'd be going with Brian and Anne, a couple of wallflowers, but also the only friends I had from school. The sun was setting as we headed inside the carnival. String lights in every color decorated all the booths and rides. The smell of hot dogs and funnel cakes wafted through the air. The crowd was thick, and everyone's attention was scattered, so I reached out and slapped a little boy's tub of popcorn out of his hand. The fluffy kernels flew up as I tipped my head back and laughed at his shocked face. Anne and I wanted to ride the Ferris wheel first, but Brian didn't want to, saying something about loose supports and the tired worker at the controls. Looking at it, it did seem like the whole thing was going to fall apart, but I wasn't about to back down. I teased Brian until we were all finally loaded into the Ferris wheel car. The wheel turned, taking us up, up, and over the carnival. I loved heights. And looked over at Brian. I started making our car rock and squeak. Brian covered his face with his hands. Stop. Stop doing that, he exclaimed. I laughed at him as I peered out across the carnival. From this high up, I spotted an old carousel hidden behind some trees. It was lit up, but nobody was near it. No line? That would be our next ride. It was further away than the other attractions. It was dark out now and quiet. Anne, Brian, and I approached the carousel. It was surprisingly rusty, with chipped paint and some of the lights crowning the top were burnt out. Brian and Anne stopped as I walked closer to get a better look. The horses had seen better days, and they were worn and rusted, smiling figures dancing along the center circle. In the center column of the carousel were faded portraits of laughing clowns. This one seems really messed up. I'm out, Anne said. Well, I hadn't walked out here for nothing. I wasn't scared of a kitty ride. Jeering at them both, I boarded the carousel alone and vaulted onto a Palomino horse. As soon as I did, the lights of the carousel glowed brightly and cheery music began to play. Creaking to life, it started to turn. I grinned as the music got louder and my horse rode up and down, around, around, faster and faster until Brian and Anne were blurred figures among the trees. The carousel kept twirling, faster and faster. I tried to move, but my limbs felt heavy and stiff. Out of the corner of my eye, it looked like one of the dancing figures had started moving. But when I looked right at it, they were all still. I wanted to get off. I slid off the horse and it was spinning so fast. I was so dizzy. Something grabbed me. The dancing figures. While I wasn't looking at them, they had been moving. Not only them. My mouth stretched into a wide, disbelieving grin as the laughing clowns on the walls came to life, reaching out, grabbing my other arm. 
and I started being yanked between the dancing figures and the laughing clowns as the carousel spun faster and faster and the music got louder and louder and I was being pulled by both of them harder and harder. Anne and Brian watched the carousel mouths agape. It was so blurred they couldn't even see their friend. Something wet and warm splashed against Anne's face. She pressed her hand against her face and looking down she saw that it was blood. Brian screamed as an arm was flung in front of him. Finally, the carousel began to wind down, horses slowing as the music faded. The blood splattered across the carousel. Anne and Brian's screams trailed off into the distance. I stood frozen and rust amid the strange figures trapped on the carousel my last wide grin frozen before it could become the scream I meant for it to be. My body was torn apart, but my soul would stay and ride this carousel forever. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. If you're scared of clowns, you might want to brace yourself for this next story, inspired by Mel and Aluna. Today, we're taking a trip to the circus. The doctor's office wasn't exactly a fun place to be for me. As a person with lupus, I was on the donor list for a kidney, but the wait list is long, with no guarantees. So I'd also signed up as being open to experimental treatments and other options. I'd come in because a new doctor had a special interest in my case. I sat patiently in her office until my possible new doctor arrived. She was cheery and tall, with angular features. Her smile was almost mesmerizing. You must be Sylvia, right? I'm Dr. Oliveira. So great to finally meet you, she said. Dr. Oliveira seemed nice, but she was going over procedures that I had already tried. No new treatments or donors, just more of the same. The doctor then held my hands, peering into my eyes, and told me to have faith, assuring me that she always found a cure for her patients. I cut her short. I'd been through this before with so many other doctors. Faith has gotten me nowhere, I shouted. All I've gotten is sicker. Then I sighed, pulling my hands from her loosened grip. There was an awkward moment. To cover it, I told her I had to get going. That my friend Louisa had won two tickets for the area's local circus, and I didn't want to miss it. Dr. Oliveira, recovering her smile, said, 
The circus is a wonderful idea. Laughter is the best medicine. Louisa drove the two of us to the circus, and we got great seats at the front. Once the performance started, we couldn't get enough of it. Contortionist, knife-throwing, it was all so exciting. Finally, it was the last performance of the hour, a death-defying tightrope walk, all while blindfolded. Louisa and I held our hands in anticipation. It felt like the whole audience was on pins and needles. The acrobat took a couple of steps on the rope high above the ring and then wobbled. The crowd gasped, but when she regained her balance, we all cheered. As the audience clapped, I noticed a clown had emerged from behind the curtain. The clown's jumpsuit was baggy with heavy makeup with blue triangles, a big red smile, and they carried a large handsaw. I hated clowns with a passion. Louisa had said that this show didn't have any. I moved to leave. Hey, I'm sorry, they usually don't have any clowns. It's probably just a small part of the act, okay? She responded. I calmed back down. I could give it a couple of minutes. The clown danced over to where the tightrope line was tied down at ground level. Then, while looking at the audience, made a big show of miming a huge swinging motion with their saw, missing the rope and falling over instead. The audience laughed at the clown's antics. Everyone except the other circus performers. Some looked confused, and others were pointing and moving towards the clown, shaking their heads. The acrobat had made it to the center of the rope now. She crouched down. We all held our breath. In an amazing feat, the tightrope walker sprung forward on the rope, somersaulting in the air and deftly landing back on the rope with a flourish. As a crowd, we erupted. It was an astounding move. Removing her blindfold, the acrobat smiled and bowed, noticing the clown on the ground near the rope stake for the first time. Her balance wobbled as she stepped back in shock. More circus staff headed out towards the clown. The clown mimed a big belly laugh, then savagely started sawing at the rope near them. The staff ran to secure the rope and the clown, but it was too late. Everyone froze in horror as the rope sagged under the acrobat and she plummeted towards the ground. Everyone in the audience screamed and ran for the exit. It was pandemonium. Louisa took the back of my chair and rolled me out quickly. Later, the police arrived. After being questioned, we both drove home very late that night, silent and in tears. We'd never seen anything like that happen before. Over the next couple of nights, I saw that acrobat keep falling in my dreams, and I kept focusing on that clown, that jolly clown with its large saw. A ring from my phone startled me awake. It was Dr. Oliveira. She wanted to rush me into surgery immediately. A donor had come in. Excited, Louisa drove us to the hospital, but I wasn't smiling. What's the matter, she said. Isn't this what you wanted? I did, but something just felt off. We finally arrived at the hospital and I was prepped for surgery. The anesthesiologist administered my anesthesia and as I began to drift, I could hear her and the nurses chatting to each other. It's tragic what happened to her, but at least now she can save a life. How did that clown get away anyway? They whispered to one another. 
I tried to get up, but they hushed me, told me to relax and let the anesthesia do its work. Was my donor the tightrope walker from the circus? Just then, someone entered the room. It was Dr. Oliveira. She smiled wide behind her surgical mask, nodded to her colleagues and said to me, don't worry, Sylvia, we'll take very good care of you. Then she bent down to whisper in my ear. Quite the thrills we both had at that circus, huh? I always find a cure for my patients, Sylvia, no matter what. As I stared at her in dawning realization, the doctor pulled down her surgical mask and smiled at me, the same smile that the clown had smiled at me before. It's the last thing I saw as the anesthesia finally pulled me under. Thank you, Mel and Aluna, for this story. I'm definitely going to think about that next time I'm at the circus or the doctor's office. Festivals are always packed with a number of people. But like in this next story inspired by CJ, be sure to watch out for who you might bump into. CJ would always go to the night festivals with his grandpa Danilo in their home of Visayas in the Philippines. Festivals were typically on the agenda. They both loved to hang out with the band and dance all night. It was a great bonding experience for the two of them. Hey, Lolo, I'll be right back. I'll grab us some work on. CJ called out to his grandpa as he ran into the busy festival. Grandpa Danilo nodded and headed away from the area for a smoke. Not looking where he was going, he flipped out his Zippo lighter, then heavily collided into a short woman wearing a long cloak. The lighter flew out of his hands, landing near her feet, and the edges of the woman's cloak caught fire. She jumped, shouting, trying to put the fire out. Despite himself, Danilo laughed at the absurdity of the situation, then remembered himself and yanked the woman's cloak off, grinding the lit edges under his feet until they were out. Ashamed at his behavior, Danilo looked up to apologize, but froze as the woman glared at him. Moving forward, she began whispering under her breath as she touched Danilo on the stomach and then gave him a mighty shove backwards. <clears throat> he fell as the woman grabbed her ruined cloak and haughtily strode away. Danilo felt bad, but got up and rejoined his grandson to enjoy the night's festivities. As CJ and his grandpa finally made their way back home while feasting on Lechon Manuk, Danilo began to cough. The coughing escalated and jolts of pain radiated through his stomach. CJ grabbed his grandpa as he curled over on the ground and started spitting up blood. Take me to Tia Dalise, quickly, grandpa shouted. Discovering a mark on his skin, Tia Dalise quickly diagnosed Danilo. A hermit has cursed you tonight, she explained. To cure yourself, you must be given something of value from the hermit. That along with medicine I can make will be the only thing that will fully cure you. If you can't do this before dawn, you will lose your life. Danilo gripped his grandson's arm and whispered the short woman's description to him. Seeing no other alternative, CJ rushed back to the festival area, asking everyone about a nearby hermit, but he couldn't find any answers. Finally, a festival-goer pointed towards the outskirts of the festival grounds, towards the jungle. 
CJ thanked her and sprinted away. The jungle became denser and denser around him as he followed a faint path through the trees. Finally, he came upon the hermit's home. Just then, he heard rustling behind him. CJ slowly turned and saw a small woman carrying a cloak coming up the path. Hiding behind a tree, he watched as she went by. He held his breath and snatched the cloak out of her hand. She chased after the boy as he ran through the jungle faster and faster, finally returning to the festival grounds. But when he turned back around again, the hermit was gone. The night was getting closer to morning as CJ ran back to Tia Delice's home. Grandpa Danilo was now convulsing on the bed. CJ handed the burned cloak to Delice. She quickly wrapped it around Danilo. He immediately quieted as the seizures abruptly stopped. Quickly, she handed CJ a bowl filled with a medicinal mixture and told him to feed it to him while she began to softly chant. Once the bowl was empty, she stopped. Danilo gave a deep exhale and softly smiled in relief. The cure had worked. Did you apologize to her for me, CJ? Is that how you got her cloak? CJ looked down, ashamed, as he confessed how he got the cloak. We can't resort to violence. I wronged her and I must apologize for it. CJ took Danilo past the festival grounds into the jungle to the hermit's home, but she was nowhere to be seen. Danilo shuddered with no formal apology, no freely given object of value. Would the cure keep? Danilo couldn't say, but he did feel a sharp pain in his stomach. Thank you, CJ, for sharing your story with us. You know, so many of us live in big cities and go to music festivals or carnivals, and we can never tell if something innocuous, a small interaction, could have very big consequences. Ever won a prize at a carnival game? They can be tough to snag, which makes you want to keep them forever. But if it's anything like this story inspired by Kuyana, you'll want to toss it immediately. Grace and her daughter Kuyana loved spending time at the gaming arcade in Rides Pavilion close to the pier. There were plenty of games to play, but fewer rides. The big ride, the Rockin' Roller Coaster, was always closed as far as they had seen. Kids would come up hoping that finally that roller coaster would be open, but it was always shut down. One stall advertised prizes of vintage treasures. Quiana had gotten incredibly good at the gaming stalls and proceeded to knock over vintage bottles until she won the big prize. She bounced with glee as the teen working the tent handed her a nicely preserved stife teddy bear. Grace's eyes widened. That was quite a prize for a pier-side gaming booth. She shrugged. Perhaps the company hadn't realized the true value of that vintage treasure and took Quiana and her teddy bear home. But all that next week, strange things started happening around the house. Every morning, no matter how many times Grace checked it the night before, the front door would be unlocked and open. Objects around the house would be out of place. Loud thumps would occur, and when investigated, nothing would be there to have caused them. Not only that, but Quiana began to sicken. 
She wasn't sleeping well and always seemed to be carrying that bear with her. Her eyes had started to hollow. Her attention span and temper were short. Her teacher complained that she fell asleep at school or was just plain exhausted while she was there. Grace tucked Quiana into bed earlier that night, but as she walked over to her room, she found something sitting in the doorway of her room. It was that old stife teddy bear. Had Quiana put it there? As Grace picked it up, her work cell rang. She placed the bear on the dresser, answered her call, and forgot about the bear. Soon afterwards, she went to bed herself. In her dreams, Grace suddenly found herself speeding around on the rock and roller coaster. The pier was packed with people, and as she whipped around a corner on the coaster, she saw that they were wearing clothes that looked like they were in the 1950s. A young boy beside her shouted in excitement. Looking over at him, she glanced down and saw as the lap bar became undone. Yelling, she reached for the boy and the car twisted around a sharp bend. The lap bar flew open, the force of the turn violently throwing her and the boy from the ride, tumbling over the car. Screams filled the air as they plummeted to the pier far below. Grace screamed awake from her nightmare. There was a lump under the covers in the bed with her. Gasping, she softly called out, Quiana? Pulling the covers back, the teddy bear stared up at her with blank eyes. Shocked and yelling, Grace flung it across the room. Enough was enough. Grace decided to return the bear. Quiana didn't protest as they drove back to the pier. She too had had horrible nightmares of the roller coaster accident. They arrived at the area where the stall had been, but it was nowhere to be found. Everything else stood there, but not the stall. Grace sighed and tossed the bear into a nearby trash can. She decided to leave it where it belonged. And with that, Grace and Quiana walked away from the pier. But another little girl sprinted away from her mother and dug into the trash can. Mommy, mommy, look what I found, she beamed. She gleefully squeezed the bear while standing in the looming shadow of the old roller coaster, happy to have found her new friend. Thank you, Quiana, for sharing this story with us. And that's something to keep in mind for all of us looking for our own vintage treasures. Those treasures have history, and we might not like the history that they come from. This week's podcast stories were edited by Zach and Brogno, Marquia McCarty, and Adam Sinker. Audio edited by Johnny Ashley and Fitz Harris. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Music by Sapphire Sandalo. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, Join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. 
Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.